I am very, very anal and structured, and my computer just said it's 9 o'clock, so we are starting. <laughs> so um, that's just, just the way I am. Um, glad you guys are here. Uh, thank you for coming to, uh, for getting up and coming to the session and stuff. So just to let you guys know, there's water in the back. If you need something to drink, feel free to grab something. If you uh, need to go to the restroom, you're not going to bother me or my wife at all if you need to go, just so long as you come back. If you'll just bring your license up here and hand it to us, and then you can go, and we'll, uh, we'll be good to go with that afterwards. Uh, if you have the app, there are some notes on the app. If you haven't gotten it, if you can download it, that's great. If not, we've got paper and pen on each of the tables there. And so uh, you can take notes off of that. And um, uh, was there anything else I was supposed to share? Well, no, one more thing. Was that it? Okay. All right. Very good. Let me, um, let me pray for us, and then we'll, uh, we'll start diving in, okay? So, Lord, thanks so much for this new morning, for bringing us all out and uh, getting us going. And, uh, Father, for this topic that we're going to get to discuss, I know that all the other presenters are um, busy into their stuff. I pray for them and pray that uh, uh, they would have... Uh, just your voice speaking through them to uh, to encourage and lift up youth pastors. But uh, all of us in this room know that um, this is probably the most important topic of the day. So thank you for um, bringing us in here. And um, we just pray that you would teach us and show us new things about what it means to minister in a healthy way. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, my name is Mark Cornelson, and uh, this is my wife, Kathy, sitting over to the side. And you guys actually got a, a really good deal this morning because the, the thing on the, on the schedule says Mark Cornelson. The name on the, out there says Mark Cornelson, but I'm actually, she's teaching with me. So they got a twofer, and they didn't even know they were going to have that happen. And part of the reason for that is because everything that we have done over the last couple of years has really involved our entire family, but it's especially involved Kathy and I. And so I just, it didn't make sense for me to get up here and share and not have her do part of this as well. Um, I was uh, a youth pastor for just over 17 years. Um, as of September of last year, I've actually transitioned out of that, and I am working for a mission organization which helps nor uh, neglected and orphaned children all around the world, and I help lead mission trips, and just missions is a huge passion of mine, and so it's something that I now get to do, and absolutely love it. Um, never saw myself leaving student ministry. I was one of those guys that was like, this is it. This is me for life. This is what I'm going to do forever. And uh, in 2011, God started this process with me that he started waking me up to maybe there was something different for me. And I uh, really wasn't too excited about that. Um, but he did it in a really dramatic way. So it was like you couldn't help but just have to go ahead and listen to, to what he was saying. So in 2011, uh, my oldest son, we have three kids, by the way. Um, Chisholm is our oldest. He's 21. Glendy is our daughter who's about to graduate high school. She's 18, and we have a son named Josiah who's 14, and he's about to go into, the, into high school. And he's six foot one, 14 foot shoe, or 14 inch shoe. Not a 14 foot. That would be weird looking, right? Okay. Um, so he is, a, he is a beast and a half, but we have a very special family. But our, my oldest son, Chisholm, and I were cast on season 13 of The Biggest Loser. And uh, we went through that whole process, uh, went through, the, got cast onto the TV show, did the whole um, TV world thing, uh, learned a lot, a lot more than we thought we would. Nope, there it is. We're good. We're good. I know. i got to make sure my computer. If the computer falls off, that's as bad as the TV, as the projector going off. Okay. Um, <laughs> So we, uh, we, my son and I were cast on this television show for season 13. They had a couple seasons, so it was, uh, we ended up being the father-son for, for that season. Um, about halfway through the season, uh, Chisholm ended up getting sent home, and I was left there uh, on my own until pretty much 
right at the very end. I was I went home two weeks before the show, before everything was totally wrapped up. So um, all in all, my journey lasted six months. So I was gone from my family out on a TV show in California for six months. And uh, um, God literally stripped everything away from me to say, I got to get you, I got to get you headspace, you in a headspace where I can do what I'm about to do next. And I went on the show. People say this all the time, and it kind of makes me mad, but I'm having to come to grips with it. I really went on the show for Chisholm. Right? Chisholm, when he was nine years old, had a really bad accident, um, shattered one of his ankles, and over the course of uh, five years had seven different surgeries. He was in a wheelchair for a very long time. He went through a lot of physical therapy, and because I work for a church, um, churches know that food heals everything. So we had food all the time at our house. Um, that was the first time that I bought him uh, a... Uh, PlayStation 2 because, hey, he's sitting on the couch eating. He needs something to do, right? So we got a video game system, and he and I gained a lot of weight and, and uh, um, really, really struggled. Once Chisholm got to the point that he was able to be free from all, all of that, and the doctor cleared him, said, go do sports and all that, he was so far behind all, everybody else and just so uh, struggling with his health that he just said, I'm, I'm done. And so by the time this came in 2011, he was about to graduate high school, and uh, he was at a high of about 360 pounds. I was just over 300 pounds, and uh, we both were going, okay, we got to do something about this. In um, June of 2011, we already knew that the show, was, we had been talking to the show. We knew they were interested in talking to us. They wanted us to keep sending videos and all this junk that they make you do when you're going to be on the, on the TV show. Uh, and uh, we actually went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Our family has gone for nine years to the Dominican with the organization that I now get to work with. And uh, in June of 2011, we were there, and I had done everything. You guys understand this as youth workers, okay? It was like having that trip that you did everything, right? You did all the paperwork. You did all the meetings that nobody came to. You argued with the parents. You did all the fundraisers for the kids that wouldn't work to get money on their own. You did all of that stuff, right? You planned every single piece of that. So we get there, and I absolutely love going to the Dominican. It's just one of my favorite things in the world because it's not a mission trip for me anymore. It's a family reunion. I love seeing the people. They know us. It's just the relationships are so deep and so strong. And I got there in June of 2011, and I worked really, really hard for four days. And then for the last two days of our trip that we were actually supposed to be doing work, I sat under a tree and just couldn't do anything. And physically, I was having to sit there and try to recuperate because my health had gotten me to a place where I couldn't do the very thing that God had called me to do. And so I'm watching everybody else do the ministry that I set up. Okay? Very frustrating. Very, very, very discouraging. And so Chisholm, actually, on the last day, Chisholm was there with me, and and, uh, he and I both were sitting together, and, and I mean literally under a tree, and um, we started talking, and we were going, you know what? If this Biggest Loser thing doesn't work out, we've got to do something. Because this is affecting, you know, it's, it's one thing when you're like, oh, man, I really need to lose weight, and I want to look better, and I want to feel better. But, man, I love donuts. You know, I just can't not do that, right? I mean, that's not much of a motivation. But on that day when I started going, this is affecting more than just what size clothes I'm wearing. Um, I, we both realized we had to do something different. So... Um, fortunately, about two months later, we got the phone call, and they said, we want you to come to L.A. We're going to fly you guys out, and the whole journey began. And uh, it's, <laughs> you know, it's been such a crazy couple of years, i got to tell you. We don't have time to talk about all that. But um, one thing that I do have people say to me, and, and, and I'm going to say this up front because I want you to know, people come to me all the time and say, I just got to ask you a question. I know you hate talking about the show. I actually love talking about the show. 
So if you have any questions about how it works or behind the scenes or, you know, why did Rachel lose that much weight this season? I mean, any of that kind of stuff. You wrote, See, I said that to see who you were. Okay. All right. If you want to ask me, man, I would love, I'm more than happy to sit around and visit. We can talk about show stuff all day long. It does not bother me because I know that most people don't realize what was going on behind the scenes. So it's fun to get to talk about it. So, but we're not going to talk about it here. All right. Because we got bigger things that we need to handle in this room this morning. Uh, in August of 2011, right before we got the phone call that said, hey, we want you to go. Um, we went on a family vacation to Nashville and um, actually went with my parents. And I remember <laughs> sitting them down in this hotel room and saying, hey, y'all need to know something crazy that, that might happen. And uh, we, they were just flipping out going, oh, this is crazy that this could happen. Um, but I've got a picture for you guys. Um, uh, just so you know you're in the right conference. There you go. Living healthy in the unhealthy culture. Uh, this is a picture of, of Kathy and I in um, uh, 2011 in Nashville. Uh, just so you kind of have a, an idea where we were beforehand. Uh, my total time, I was gone six months. I lost just over 100 pounds. I was uh, on four different types of medication when I left for the show. I had a blood pressure medicine, I had a cholesterol medicine, and I had a, a prescription acid reflux medicine that I had to take. Because of the side effects for those three, I also took a fourth medication, which was an antidepressant. And so I had four different medicines. Three of them were a direct result of the food and the way that I was living my life. The fourth was a result of having to take medicine because of the food and things that I had done with my life. Okay, And so at this point, I mean, the only thing that I miss about this picture, I tell people this all the time, is that is one of the most awesome Star Wars t-shirts ever. And <laughs> it's gone. It's done. I, I can't wear it anymore at, at all. But uh, So for me, I, I lost all this weight. But here's what's so amazing is when we got dropped off at the airport and they said, you know, Kathy and my other two kids are leaving us and they're saying, you guys do your best. We'll see what happens. We didn't know if we were going to stay or if we were going to be home in just a couple of days because they were still picking people. But um, as soon as she drove off from the airport, she went, you know what, if he's going to do this, I'm doing this. And without the pressure of a TV camera, without the pressure of America watching you step upon a scale and all that, my wife stayed at home and just started working out, started learning and said, when he comes home, I want him to have a whole different support system than he had before. And so you see Kathy here when she stands up in a second, you can tell even, even more, you can tell from right there, but she lost just, uh, just around 40 pounds just by herself while I was gone. And so this, is, this has really been a change for us as a family. And it's been a total change in how we view people. It's been a total change in how we view ministry. And that's why we are getting to do this. And I really want to encourage you guys and challenge you guys um, with some of this. i got to do my plug really, really fast. In January, I just finished a book. It was like super sweet. They have it in the bookstore if you're interested in finding out more about it. It's, it's not a health book, I'm just going to tell you. And you don't totally have to know about The Biggest Loser. It's more about the things that God did behind the scenes of the show. I'll give you a quick little thing just to tease you a little bit. Two of the contestants while we were there were baptized in The Biggest Loser pool because we did church every week. Two of the contestants since then have come to know Christ because of a relationship that we've continued to build. Um, go get the book. Okay. Um, oh. <laughs> Get naked. No, undressed. Sorry. I always get those confused. That's the, yeah, yeah. That's what Kathy wanted to call it, get naked. And I was like, I don't think that would go well. I, I do have to tell you this. We're going to do this. I'll tell you really, really fast. When I first sent, when the, uh, the book just released 1st of February, and so I thought it would be really cool if when they got mailed out, if I, I, said, I said, hey, if you get a book, then um, uh, 
get on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter and say, hey, I got my new book from Mark. Can't wait to read it. You know, just kind of get the word out a little bit. And I decided, I even said, if you're a Twitter person, um, take a picture of yourself with the book and put hashtag undressed. So that way I can go look for it. You don't want to search hashtag undressed. I'm just going to tell you, that's, that's not, so it was not the best idea in the world. I thought Twitter had some morals. But apparently not. You find that out really, really quick. So, um, but anyway, if you guys want to know more, you can, you can get the book. Like I said, it's in the bookstore. We'd love for you to. And I've got contact info. And I'd just like to know what you think. So anyway, um, let me show you this. Were, were any of you guys that simply fit this morning? Awesome. Okay. Then this is going to be a little bit of a repeat for you guys. But um, this is one thing that I've loved about Simply is they have really started to grab an eye, a hold of this idea that it is important for us to be healthy as pastors. Um, the church is terrible at this. And you understand that I, I've been in, I, I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, right, which every other Sunday was a potluck Sunday and every other Sunday that wasn't a potluck Sunday was potluck Sunday, right? And still stuff there. Um, food is the staple for, for everything. Kathy and I went to a church last week where we were speaking and, and uh, we walked in. They knew that we were coming and they had coffee and this spread of donuts that just went on for a hundred years, right? And this, this is what we do because it's quick and cheap and convenient and all of these kind of things. But guys, we're not really doing ourselves a service with that. And so this has become a, a really big thing for us. So Simply has said, you know what, we think this is an important thing. That's why we are going to give a workshop to this. But also every morning while you're here at conference, there's a chance for you to go work out. And you don't have to be super stud. Um, you can just go in there and it just kind of gets you up, gets you going. There's a little bit of a devotional time and then we just work out and it helps build community and says, hey, this is important. So uh, tomorrow morning is going to be the real challenge of how devoted you are because it's daylight savings, which means the 7 o'clock Simply Fit is really like today's 6 o'clock. So um, we'll see how much you love Jesus. That's all I'm going to say right there, okay? Okay. Um, I was telling them this morning... One of the really cool things, I've, I was a, we were huge fans of the television show before we ever got cast on it. We just knew, um, we knew people, we liked certain people, we hated the people that the TV told us to hate, and I mean, all of those kind of things. And so when we got out there, it was really very, very surreal. Um, if you've never seen the show, it's, uh, it's on a ranch. There's actually this big mansion that they have everybody living in, and there's the Biggest Loser Gym, which is, you know, very, you know, famous or whatever, I guess, for a TV show, but... Um, so when you're when you're out there and you were fans like we were, I mean we're walking around the first day and it's like there's the gym, that's it, right? And you go into the house and it's like there's the kitchen, this is the kitchen. I've seen them in this kitchen and there's the and you get upstairs and you go walking down this hallway and there's rooms on both sides and everybody's assigned to different rooms and uh, when you get into your rooms you're starting to put your stuff up and when you open up the closet one of the things that we realized immediately was that previous contestants from the 12 seasons before us had taken time. Well actually about eight seasons before us, had taken time before they left to write inside the closet. So all of a sudden, one of us comes out of a room, they're like, there's writing in the closet. And all these fat people are running around trying to get into each other's closets and all this. And um, But it was the coolest thing in the world because, yeah, I mean, I recognized a lot of the names, right? Because I knew who these people were. And I was like, this is, this is really sweet. And so for me, because of, again, I'm anal, so I'm thinking, okay, i got to be planned and prepared. I'm going... What am I going to write in my closet? What, what am I going to put at, at some point? It didn't matter whether you went home week one or whether you stayed till the very end. I was like, I want to leave something that will encourage the people that are going to be here after me. Um, really started diving into God's Word. There's no TV. There's no Internet. There's no nothing when you're out there. So you really don't have a choice but to read. Um, and that sounds 
very terrible, but I, I don't know how you guys are. I used to spend a lot of my time diving into Scripture because I had to teach students something. I didn't spend as much time as I needed for me. And this was a point where God was like, you know what, I'm taking all the students, I'm taking your church, I'm taking everything like that out of your life. And so if you're going to read, it's going to be for you. And so started just getting more out of the Word than I've ever gotten in my life. It was just so incredible. I can't even tell you guys. Um, but this verse came to me, came, God revealed this really, really early. And um, it's just so powerful. It says, for I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. This is what I wrote in my closet. And the reason is because I realized as we were going is um, Paul is talking about confidence. He's saying, you know, I'm, I'm confident, which, which is kind of nice when somebody says, hey, uh, you've got this big thing in front of you, and I'm confident that you're going to be able to fulfill it. Doesn't that kind of give you a boost? Right? So he's speaking to this church at Philippi, and he's going, I, I know what God started in you, and I'm confident about where, where it's going to go. And so that fuels them a little bit. Right? But then he follows it up and he says that he who began a good work. He's saying, I'm confident about what's going to happen because I know who started the work. Right? And it's a perfecting process that's going to last until the day that Christ Jesus comes. And I wanted to leave that because it meant so much to me while I was on the show that I wanted to leave that for those that would come afterwards. That I wanted them to know I'm confident of the work that's going on in them while they're at the ranch as well. And I know who actually has put them on that show, whether they know Christ or not. I know they're there for a reason. And wanted them to realize it's a process, right? When we have finale and everybody stands up on that big giant scale and the confetti falls and somebody's won the money and all that kind of stuff, that's not the end, right? That's really the beginning. Kind of a terrible beginning, but that's a whole different workshop, okay? Um, so that's where it really begins. So for you guys, that's, that's what I want to just speak to you this morning, that as you focus on health in your ministry, maybe, you know, I, so some of you guys may be like, Oh, I thought this was going to be a CrossFit workout. What are we talking about? No, I mean, some of you may be in that place. Some of you may be going, I have no idea what, how to make ministry healthier. Some of you may be going, I just don't know how to make me healthier. It doesn't matter where you are in this room this morning. Take confidence in this verse that we are confident that the thing that has brought you to this place, that's even got this in your mind, is that he is the one who began a good work, and he's perfecting you. All right? So, welcome to the perfecting process. It may not all be fun, but it's definitely going to be worth it. All right? have so many stories. Um, you know, when, they, when we first got this and they said, you know, you got two hours to do it, I was like, oh, my gosh, two hours. And then suddenly when we started, Kathy and I were putting stuff together, we're like, we got, only have two hours. I mean, it's, there's so much that goes into this that, uh, um, that, that is deep. So let's get cruising a little bit. Um, this has kind of become our thing. Uh, the goal is not to go, I wish that I could be a size whatever. The goal is not to go, I want to look really good in the bathing suit that I put on in June, right? The goal is not to go, okay, I had a terrible holiday season, now I've got to shed all of that weight. Um, th- that's not it. The goal is that we should all want to be able to say, hey, we are fit to serve however God wants us to serve, right? Our bodies are very, very important to God. He tells, he tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you guys to get this for a second, because I, I love sharing this, because this is just something that was really impressed upon me. If you go into the Old Testament, and you look at the description of the temple, has anybody ever read that all the way through? Has anybody ever read it all the way through without falling asleep halfway through? Okay, Because it's like, take the lampstand and cover it with gold, and this much gold, and then make a blossom, and it's got to be this kind of blossom with this many leaves, and it's like, oh my goodness. And then build this wall and put this wall. And we're going to have pomegranates on all of this. And it's like so ornate. And so, and you're like, Lord, you spent a really long time telling us what the temple is going to look like. And it's gone. 
right? So that should make us wonder. We should be going, okay, why would God spend that much time describing the temple? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is that's where he was going to reside on earth. So that, that's a big deal. He wants us to know that if you're gonna if you're gonna have a place for me, you better be ready to do the work, because it's gonna be a really big deal. But then you get further along, you get into the New Testament, and there's this one simple scripture that people love to throw out there when we're talking about our health, and it says that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, if we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, maybe the reason that he talked so ornately about the original temple is because he sees us that way as well. We are that unique. We are that special. Right? Psalm 139 talks about how we were knit together in our mother's womb. He saw our unformed bodies. He thought of us before we even existed. He had the number of days planned for us before there was even one. You guys are important. You are significant. You matter. Your body is special and unique and purposely made. And so we've got to figure out how do we take care of that so that it creates the best thing that we have to be the very best vessel that we can be to God. New Testament also tells us that we are jars of clay. We're like cracked jars of clay, but we're still jars of clay, meaning God puts stuff in us. Even though we have some imperfections, He puts stuff in us to use us. How about being the very best jar of clay we can possibly be, even with our cracks? You don't have to fix all the cracks. He never says that, right? So we got to understand what healthy looks like because healthy is not skinny, all right? Healthy is not, there, there are very, very unhealthy, skinny people. They're, they're, I love the people that come up to me because they just think they're funny, and they're really not. So if you're one, then I'm sorry, but you're not funny. If, you, if you're a really skinny person and going, you know, this just isn't a problem for me. I can just eat whatever I want. Okay, you can eat whatever you want without gaining weight, but you, you're still doing damage to your body. No question about it. You cannot eat lard and just because you're skinny go, well, I guess I'm healthy. Nope, you're not. Okay? So we've got to understand what healthy looks like. We've also got to get past this, and this is going to sound really uh, hypocritical, so be ready. We've got to get past a number on the scale. Now, this comes from the guy who was on the deal where ever, all you care about is that blinking number to stop in the right place, right? But we've got to start looking at it and going, okay, if I want to be at this weight, I want you guys to ask yourself a question. Why do you want to be at that weight? Why? My ideal weight was 187. The reason 187 was my ideal weight was because when I was a sophomore in high school, my high school nurse told me that I was overweight for a guy my size and that she pulled out this chart and it said, if you're six foot and you're 16 years old, you should weigh no more than 187. And I remembered that to this day and I was like, I just want to get to 187. I weigh about 210 right now and I feel fantastic. Now, by the scale, by by the numbers on the charts, I'm, you know, 25, 30 pounds overweight. But you know what? I think God's chart matters more to me than that does. Okay? And so we've got to figure out where is a healthy body place for us. Not a certain number, not a certain size, but a place where we go, you know what? I have energy, I have strength, and I'm going, God, here I am. You can do whatever you want, and I'm not afraid to try. Because the other side of this whole thing with us in the Dominican Republic was not just that physically I couldn't do things. There were also things mentally that I was like, even if God had told me to do it, I wasn't going to do it. Just because of how I felt like people would see me or, you know, I just didn't want to try. I didn't have the energy. Or, and that all has to do with my health. Every single bit of it had to do with my health. So we got to get past this idea of health being skinny. We have been working for the last two years and we've, we've um, kind of, we've done things with different churches. And um, we actually, um, 
there was a friend of mine that was on the television show. His name is uh, Buddy Shue, and uh, uh, he lives in Michigan. He was actually a pastor in Michigan. Really funny thing. Over the course of the show, there have been seven pastors that have been on the all 14 seasons, or 15, 15 seasons now. Um, on our season, there were two. And I don't think that I don't think there'll ever be another pastor. I think we ruined it. So any of you guys, sorry, you're not going to make it. All right. Um, but Buddy, uh, Kathy, and I, and Buddy have really come together, and we've really, I mean, we have really strong relationship. His wife Shelby is just an amazing woman, and it's really awesome how God put us together because we have two different types of strength. Kathy and I have really been diving into churches. Like, we've been all over the country t- talking and speaking in churches, and part of it is, and, and I'm totally fine with this, part of it's the TV thing. They're like, oh, we want to be able to say that Mark from The Biggest Loser is speaking on Sunday. That's fine. That's, I, I don't care, because that gives me a chance to come in and talk about Christ and talk about what God did behind the scenes. Probably the only time I disappoint people is when I show up on a Sunday and I actually don't talk about how many calories they need to eat. Um, but a lot of times they're not really that disappointed. What Buddy has done has been this really awesome community thing. This past weekend, I was actually up in Michigan wrapping up his uh, community effort that he did to try to help his community get healthy. Totally free program. City bought into it. Just crazy how cool this thing was. Had 270 people that finished his program. 400 and something started it. They ended up tying the church to it. On, so on Sunday, they had, we had like 300 people in his church. That's typically about 120 people. Last Sunday morning, because of all of this and all, everything that's gone on and because of the community thing, we got to see just over 30 people come to know Christ just, just this past Sunday morning. And you know what it was rooted to? An original thing of going, I want to get healthy. And they started coming to this thing that Buddy does, and they're like, they're, they're going, these are real people. This isn't a celebrity. This is just a person, and they care about me and, and the community and everything that came out of that. And so Buddy does this really well. And Kathy and I have really been diving into churches, and we like actually communicate with – we have these programs that we talk to churches, and we don't travel to everything. We Skype in, and we get to visit, and people think, oh, that's so cool. We're seeing Mark. But then after the first week, they're not impressed anymore because they realize we're just normal people. But we're encouraging pastors. And we just came here from Pennsylvania uh, where we were doing a pastor-wives retreat where we were talking to pastors about what it means to get healthy. Because that's, I think that's the next thing for the church. We do a lot of things really well in the church, but this is one thing we don't do very well. And I think this is the next thing for us to be everything that God wants us to be. So we've kind of developed out of that. Really, uh, your notes say three things. And that's because um, uh, I just didn't plan it very well. So there's actually four things. So, in your, so you guys that are using pen and paper, you're in great shape today because the people that have the, the notes on their, on their phone, it's just going to bug them to death because they're going to be like, there's four, and I can't even adjust this. I don't even know how to do it, right? So, um, so we're going to go through these four things uh, that we feel like are very important to getting your health, getting your, uh, your family's health, uh, if you want to do your church's health, your community's health. All of these things matter uh, quite a bit. So let's, let's go through these, okay? Uh, four components of making sure that we're fit to serve. First one, we call it body fit, and it's exactly what it says. Like it or not, you got to exercise. <laughs> we've got to start taking care of our bodies. We've got to provide. We've got to build muscle. We've got to find uh, things that are going to get us get our heart rate going. We got. We've got to do these things. We've got to get our our eating under control. That's definitely important. But we've got to get active. But here's the thing, and Joby just walked in, so I'm gonna. I'm, I have to just be careful what I say about this. You don't have to do things you don't like to do. That's what, that's what so many of us do is we go, oh, man, I'm going to go buy the 60 days to ripped abs and um, 30 days to a tighter butt. And Can you say butt it simply? Okay, all right. Um, yeah, twice. Um, 
We, we want to get those programs, but I don't know. How many of you guys have ever bought a, a, any kind of exercise DVD? Be honest. Come on. Comfort room. Grace is here. Okay, awesome. Right? How many? Now, here's the other thing. How many of you guys bought it, either did part of it or all of it, and you've never touched it again? Okay. Because... It was, some of this stuff's terrible. Nobody's going to do that stuff on a normal basis, right? Because your goal is, hey, I want to look a certain way, and so when I get to the end of my 30 or my 60 or my 90 days, then as soon as I can stop, I'm stopping, right? So that's not what we want. That's not what we should be looking for. We should be looking for what is something that you enjoy doing, that you like to do, and then you just go do that thing a whole bunch, Right? Don't worry about whether it tightens this or tightens that. I'm not getting enough ab workout. Find something that's going to help you that you're going to go, I'm going to get active, and then just go do that thing a ton. And don't worry about when people say, you know what, you really need to start working your upper body more since you're working your... Just do do what's going to get you active because that's what matters the most, right? I had no idea, but when we started this whole process, um, we would walk all the time on the ranch. Because that was just kind of the thing. Was, there, was a, there were mountains all over the place, so we would hike, and it was just really beautiful. And as the weight started to come off, the, the walking just was so much. It was beautiful. I mean, it's Southern California, so it's just awesome all the time. Uh, guys, I can't even guess how many miles we walked. And I have people that tell me all the time, well, I can't do a lot of exercise. I, I go walk about five miles a couple of times a week, but that's all I can do. I'm like, that's amazing. That's awesome. Don't underestimate anything that you can do because that matters. That's, that's a fantastic thing, right? If you're a walking part, how many of you guys are like in the northern part of the U.S.? Yeah, I, I understand mall walking is kind of a thing for part of the year. And, and I understand that sometimes the stigma with that is that old people mall walk, right? All right? And I'm not, that's not me saying that. That's, that's my friends who live in the north. That's what they say, right? I don't care where you walk. I don't care how you, how you walk. But that's a huge thing. For me, it started with walking, and then after a little while, I started going, you know what, I kind of like how this feels. I think I might try to start running a little bit. And I started to run, and I love to run. It's just an awesome thing. I, I, I think it's fantastic. We, we started a couple of months ago, we started boxing, right? Chisholm and I found this boxing gym in our area, and this guy was like, yeah, you guys come. I'll let you, I'll let you come box. And so we started boxing, so I started building muscle, and it's just all legit feeling super cool, you know? <laughs> I'm like punching the bag, and I mean, I got the speed bag going, and I'm at like Rocky. I got the rhythm and everything, and it's sweet. And he's like, "Do you want to spar? We could bring people into spar." And I'm like, "Nope, not going to do that. I just want to, I just want to punch the bag." I'm feeling, you know, I can put whoever's face in my mind on the bag. I don't want to have to, you know. So we're finding some things that are really awesome that we really enjoy. You've got to find your thing, and we've got to encourage people to find their thing. One. Uh, how many of you guys know what CrossFit is? Anybody? Okay. One thing that I have to say, there's not a lot about CrossFit that I love. Sorry, dude. There's not a lot about it that I love, but the one thing that I can say more than anything else is the community of it, is the encouragement of it. And a lot of people are drawn to CrossFit not because they love the exercises so much, but because they love the atmosphere of it. And it gives them, gives, that's awesome. Find something that you really enjoy and then start doing it. Guys, you got to understand, when I started the show, I was just right around 300 pounds. And I've got this because I want to show you kind of where we've been in the last two years. And this, this isn't even all of it. We've all, this whole world of running has opened up, right? And so up here, this is a, actually a 10-mile that we did. Kathy and I are running a half marathon in a couple of weeks. It'll be our first ever half marathon to do. And I think we're going to walk most of it, but that's okay because we're going to finish. We're going to make it 13 miles. There may be a car halfway that we can use, but something like that, right? <laughs> 
If you've never done this right here, so amazing and awesome. That is like one of the greatest youth ministry things you could ever do in your life is go do a color run or a night run, the neon run or some of these. That That's just super fun. Um, there's a five-miler we did. This is a 10K we did. There's a deal we did for, I mean, all of these. These are all things that, guys, two years ago I would never have done this. I'm looking at you guys going, hey, this right here, go do this with your youth group. If you had asked me two years ago to go do that with my youth group, there was not a chance in the world I would even have looked at it. So in, a, in essence, I was going, here's a really cool outdoor exercise sort of experience you could have with students, and I was saying no. But now God has totally changed that in me, and he's gone. And so this is not, this, please take this the right way. This is not an arrogant thing. I'm not trying to go look at me. Go be like me. I'm just saying I found my thing, and now we just do that a whole lot. So find your thing and go do it a lot because your body matters, right? However, there's part of this that you got you to, when you're going into this, you got to know something, right? Okay? First off, the thing that we heard over and over and over when we, were, when we were on the show, the idea of getting healthy is not a short-term thing. It's a long-term thing. Getting healthy takes the rest of your life. Being healthy, staying healthy takes the rest of your life. And we live in a culture that says that that's not very exciting or popular, right? I want to get fit really, really fast. We have a big billboard. We live in Houston, just north of Houston, Texas, and I always pass this billboard when, I'm, when we're driving on uh, our main interstate there. And I don't know what it is in this one area, but there's like, um, lose the fat, laser it off, lose the fat, suck it out, lose the fat, freeze it off. I mean, it's like all these billboards all together, right? And one of the, um, literally there's one on this that says, freeze the fat. Giant words, freeze the fat. It has some dude holding his belly like this, and it's like icicles. And it's some procedure that you can go in and they freeze your fat, and then I guess take it out, put it in a drink, or I don't know what they do with it, but um, <laughs> make a smoothie out of it. That'd be delicious. Um, as long as you put spinach in it, it'll be fine. Okay. Um, but that's, that's the culture we live in that says, hey, if you want to get your body to a certain place, there's ways that you can do it, and you can do it really, really quickly. But if you don't get the adjustment in your head, if you don't do the rest of it, then you're very likely to go back to back to where you were. Unfortunately, about 70% of the people that have been on the show, The Biggest Loser, are either back at their original weight or they're higher than they were. Because, yeah? So they should do a follow-up show, Biggest Gainer. Uh, it might not be as popular. <laughs> hey, we know you already feel bad. We also make it well. Actually, NBC would go for that. I think so. Um, I, I just said NBC on here too. Wow, uh, it's a rough day. Uh, but the idea is that this is something that should take us a while. We should we should focus on this being a long term thing, not just trying to take care of it quick. When we're, when we're over the course of the show, the longest period of time is typically six to seven months, depending on the season. Guys, I'm thankful and excited for what God's done in my life and how much weight I lost and the health that I gained from that. But to lose 100 pounds in less than six months is not healthy. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Right? And we watch The Biggest Loser and we're like, oh my gosh, Mark lost nine pounds this week. I only lost two. Well, your job was, isn't to work out eight hours a day. Okay? You're not living in a kitchen that's fully stocked with clean, organic foods. Um, there's no Snickers bars. There's no ice cream. You can't, even, you can't even dream of cheating, right? So it's totally unrealistic. So what we've got to do is we've got to recognize this is going to take us a while. And part of the thing that's awesome about that is the journey is part of the fun. I mean, it really is. 
I told them this morning, and simply fit, that when we, tell, when we ask God for His will for our life, or we tell our students, just pray and ask God His will, I don't think that's a good idea. Because I don't see anywhere in Scripture that God goes, Moses is like, God, will you show me what you're going to do? And he's like, yeah, come here, Moses, let me show you. You're going to go live in a desert for 40 years, and then for 40 years you're going to do this. And then for 40... He doesn't do that. He says, he gives them a little bit at a time, right? Because God enjoys the journey. He wants to, he wants to dive into a relationship. He wants it to, so let's take our, our health as we're giving it to him, and let's do it the same way. Let's just celebrate a little bit. Let's just move a little bit along the way and keep moving towards health rather than trying to achieve health couple of things you got to know with that. First, you got to know your purpose, all right? Why are you doing it? What's, what's your desire to get healthy? And do you want to get healthy or do you want to get skinny? And I think you got to be really, really honest about that, okay? Um, the next thing, know your goals. Set up goals along the way for yourself physically that you're going, this is what I want to do. I want to run a half marathon, okay? If I've never run in my life, I'm probably not going to do that in the next 30 days, so I've got to set up some goals along the way that help me get to, that, get to that point, right? The other thing, know your plan. Set out a long plan and go, in a year, I would like, I mean, and this sounds terrible because, man, nobody thinks this way, right? But in a year, I would like to be um, doing these kind of things. I would like to see myself have lost maybe this amount of weight. I would like to see myself doing more of this type of, set a plan for yourself. Um, Kathy's got her famous phrase. What's your famous phrase? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail, okay? Um, Set it up. Start thinking, going, okay, God, I want to get healthy. I want this to make a difference in me. And so I'm going to set up a plan. I'm going to figure out a direction. And if you fall off the plan, you don't go, oh, I'll start next Monday. You start the very next time, and you go, okay, I'm going to stick to the plan, and I'm going to enjoy the journey. That's what we got to do. That's the body part of it, okay? Because that is important. But I give you that first because it is most definitely not the most important part. That takes time. Uh, that, that is kind of a difficult part. But the next thing, and I think this affects us a whole lot as student ministers, is a food part of it. And I'm going to let Kathy actually share this part because uh, she's amazing at it. So you welcome my wife, Kathy, please. Making me nervous. Okay. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here with you. And um, my journey um, has been incredible, um, but hard. And I tell you that um, through my life, I have been on every diet you can imagine. I remember when I was in high school, I went on a Dolly Parton diet where I ate cabbage for months, you know, just to get skinny. And I remember my mom bringing cabbage into the high school parking lot and we would sit in the car to eat what we needed to eat for that day and that's how I thought it what it was all about that's what I thought that I had to do to be able to be fit to be able to be healthy and so I went on this journey all my life until about two years ago when I dropped them off and I started driving back I was like I really panicked and I went God I know that you want me to support them 100%. I know that you're calling me to do this, but God, I don't know where to start. I don't even know what to do. I feel horrible about who I am, but I don't know where to start. And I'm a very practical person. I want to just, you just tell me the plan and I'll do it. 
And I didn't have that. And I was like, God, I don't know what to do. And so about two days later, I'm sitting in my office, and a girl that was down, I, I worked as the girls' ministry director with Mark, and I'm sitting there, and this girl walks in that was an acquaintance that worked down in the kids' area of our nursery that we had there and I was like she walked in and she said oh my goodness I just heard something and she told me she said I'm such a big fan she said did you know I lost a hundred pounds on my own and I sat her down and I said teach me teach me come on I know that God put you in here for a reason and her and I began to just talk and every week almost every day we would talk and we would eat lunch together and we would fix healthy things for each other and we had community together and it was awesome and God placed her in my life for just the right reason and so I want today quickly if I could talk for days and um, our fit to serve program um, that we do is eight weeks long because we have so much to just practically give you so I'm going to give you just a few things um, quickly um, to practically get you started um, but there's, that's not all. So if you want more information, please come find me and talk to me, and I'll give you more. Um, food fit part of our lives is 80% of the problem is connected with what we eat. 80%. 80% of, the, of, of our problem is in the kitchen. And so, yes, do we need exercise? Yes, we do to get our metabolism going, to get our bodies working. To God gave us that for a purpose. But 80% of that is what we put in our body. Um, you know, back in the 40s, 50s, they started, FDA started doing um, malnutrition understanding of what recommended, daily recommended intake we needed. The reason they did that was because we were malnutrition because we didn't have enough food so therefore they were showing the best foods to get the nutrients our body needed at that time did you know now we are in an obesity epidemic in america that now fda is having to show us the malnutrition because we are not eat we have enough food we got plenty of food but we are not putting the food in that our body needs for the nutrition and we are starving because we don't have the nutrition why is it that I eat this huge meal of hamburgers and french fries and I'm hungry in about an hour? Do you know why? It's because my body is telling me I am not getting the nutrients it needs. Would you please give it to me? And then I eat a donut or then I eat something that's not healthy. And I can tell you, um, I, whenever I started this, I thought, well, for two days, my friend, she said, for two days, I want you just to put everything down that you eat. Just start writing it down. Just don't even try to eat healthy. Just eat like you normally do. And I didn't realize at every meal how much sugar I was eating. Every meal I was going to sugar. Every, and I was like, why am I doing that? Hey? So I began to research, and I began to just be a Berean. I mean, God tells, you know, Paul said that, you know, don't just hear the word, but go be a Berean just like they were and find out the truth. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I began to research, and I began to go, what is my body for? Why, what works? How did God make it so that it works? Um, so here are just some things I want to give you about that. Um, um, you must plan. You must have a plan. If you do not, you will not succeed. So you've got to have a plan. And I'm going to give you these 10 things. I could give you 500 things, but I want to give you these 10 things quickly. Um, and Mark, tell me when I'm getting close to time. Um, already? Okay. Uh, okay. Um, first thing I want to share with you is 
that there every year they do um, they do a survey of Americans and they either call them on the phone or do you ever see those people in the mall that like pull you aside and they do a survey? Okay, they do this sur- survey about food uh, and how we eat in America. And there were a few things that they found out in this survey. One was that. Um, one out of every seven of us do not even know how many calories we need to maintain our weight. Only 15% of us know know how many calories to put in. That leaves how many of us that don't even know how many calories we need each day? Um, Then the other thing was that I thought was interesting, that um, 67% said that mobile apps helped them. Okay? So the first thing I want to share with you and what God showed me was my fitness pal. It is a free app. Get it on your phone. And you, when you set up your profile and you tell them how much you weigh, what your height is, how much activity you're doing, it immediately goes, okay, this is how many calories you need. And you can even put in, I want to lose one or two pounds a week. Now, it won't let you go any more than that because no more than that is not healthy. Okay, so if I'm going to lose, I want to lose two pounds a week, it's going to give me the calorie count I need. You're going to know right off how many calories you need, and it is very accurate. Okay, my fitness pal is like a game on your phone to me. I'm like, okay, I got to put this in so I really don't want to eat it, you know, or oh, I want to eat this because it's going to show me. And it shows carbohydrates, it shows fats, it shows proteins, it shows what you need for your body. Okay, um, so I encourage you to find my fitness pal. Um, the next thing is number one here. Eat breakfast every day. Hey, I used to not eat, be a breakfast eater uh, for a long time. I was like, oh, I'll save my calories till dinner. I'll save my calories for lunch. Okay, and what I'm doing is I'm starving myself till I get to dinner, and then I get to dinner and I'm so hungry that I cannot control what I eat because I'm starving. Right? Hey, breakfast. Does anybody know what that means? Break the fast. If I ate 12 hours ago, I slept. You know, I ate at 6 and I woke up at 6. I haven't eaten for 12 hours. My body is not going to start working and my metabolism is not going to start working until I put something in to give it energy. It's going to hold on to that energy because it's scared to death. It's not going to get it, right? So my metabolism is not going to work. So therefore, if I wait till 12 o'clock to eat lunch, my body has not done anything. Okay? So eat breakfast. Um, One thing I always think about, and I've never heard this before, but it's been helpful to me, um, go to bed light, wake up light. Because if I wake up light, I'm hungry, right? Every morning I wake up and my stomach's growling, and I'm like, i got to have food. I have coffee first, but, (laughs) okay? But so it's so important to go to bed light. If I eat a lot of carbs at night, it's heavy, right? That's a heavy thing. And so I'm going to bed with this heaviness that when I wake up, have you ever woken up, you've had a really big meal, and you wake up the next day and you're not very hungry? Right? But if you'll go to bed light, then you'll wake up light, and you'll be ready for your breakfast. Um, The next thing there says drink lots of water. Um, You're supposed to drink half of your body weight in ounces. Okay? I probably drink more than that. I keep a water bottle with me all the time. I don't walk out the door without my water bottle. And you know what really got me was because when we were in the Dominican Republic, I carry a water bottle with me all the time because you just sweat constantly there. And I was like, why don't I do this at home? 
why don't I carry that? I mean, I, I could, because the whole time we're there, we're like, drink water, drink water, because we don't want anybody to get sick. I'm like, why don't I do that to my body? Did you know that most of the time when we think that we're hungry, we're really thirsty? So at night, when you're fixing to go to bed and you're thinking, oh, I need a snack, I'm kind of hungry, do you know that sometimes our body is telling us we're thirsty? And if you'll drink a big glass of water, you'll realize, oh, I really am not that hungry. But my body is telling me I'm hungry. That's the only way it knows how to tell me I need something, right? Okay? So I encourage you, at night, if you're like, I am really hungry, drink a big glass of water and wait a little bit because I bet you'll see you're really not hungry. You just haven't drank enough during the day. Okay? One thing about water um, is if you don't like water very much, put lemon in it. Um, Lemon, and I put lemon in my water almost every morning. Every, almost every morning. Um, lemon, what it does is, is it goes into your body. It helps get the toxins out of your body. When you first start drinking lemon water, you will pee a lot. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Okay? But what's happening is, is it's getting those things out of your body that your body doesn't want in there. So lemon is great. Lime is not the same as lemon. People ask me that all the time. Lemon. One thing I do is when I find lemons that are on sale, I go and buy a whole bunch of them. Then I take them and I squeeze them into ice cube Um, little things, stick them in the freezer, um, and then in the morning, all I have to do, like I can pop them out and put them in a little bag and then put more, because I only have like three little ice cube things, Um, and so then I put them in a bag, and in the morning, I'll just get three of those and stick them in my water, and you've got fresh squeezed lemon juice, no excuse that I couldn't cut it and, you know, (laughs) squeeze it in there. Other thing is, as I use that for recipes, you know, so that if I need a tablespoon of uh, lemon juice, then I can just take those out. So it's a great way to do it and to um, get that sale whenever you see that they're on sale to keep them. Um, next thing is, one thing I learned was how to re- read labels. I have, I have a whole hour session I could teach you on how to read a label. Um, and it is incredible what I learned when I started thinking about, you know, how many times do we go to the store and we get the product that's on the eye on the shelf because on the front it said less fat or because it said 25 less sugar or because and but we didn't really read the label we just looked at the package well have you ever thought 25% less fat than what it's like the original thing they make the original thing isn't good for me 25% less fat is going to be better for me than the original so you've got to look at it and go, what is really this label telling me? They put that, that food label on there for a reason. Okay? Um, I encourage you when you're looking at food labels, try to stay within five ingredients in your food label. Okay? If you look at granola bars compared to Lara bars, granola bars probably has 20 or more. Lara bars has six. And they're all things you can read. If you're looking at your ingredients list and you go, that looks like I'm making a chemistry experiment, then it's probably not good for your body, okay? Another thing, be a Berean. What is carbon whatever dioxide or whatever they put in your body? Whatever that is. Or carbon, not carbon dioxide, but nitrates and all these different things they put in your body. What is that? Go look it up. It's right there. You can find it. We've got this great internet. Okay? So don't put it in your body if you don't know what it is. Okay? So be that way about what you're putting in, um, and it'll help. Know the difference between the serving size and how many servings are in the container. 
Okay? Know the fibers. Know the sugars. Um, did you know that they hide sugars in the ingredients by about... I, I, I have a whole page of list of different things. If it has OSE at the end, you know it's probably a sugar. Okay? And in ingredients list, they show you from the most weighted to the least that's in the product. But did you know they can put in granola bars? I did it this week with our group. Six different sugars were in the list. They would have put all that together. What do you think would have been the most weighted? The sugar. It would have been the very first thing. But because they can say high fructose corn syrup, and they can say fructose, and they can say sucralose, and they, all these things, then they put it in there. And if I put all those together, then that's the one thing that you would see at the top of the list, right? Okay? So be aware of what those labels are telling you. Um, the next one, um, get, get rid of three whites. There's three whites in your life I want you to get rid of or reduce. One is sugar, one is flour, and one is salt. Okay, um, flour, white flour, not all flours, I'm just talking white flour here. White flour and sugar are simple carbs. When you put them in your body, it's an energy-dense food. It gives you a quick energy. It has no absorption in it. It has no value nutritionally. And as soon as it goes in, it just gives you this energy, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. Okay, and then I'm hungry again. I want my body wants more. Okay, um, so if you can, I give. If I give you three things that I'm telling you to reduce or get rid of, I'm going to give you three things to put there. Okay, because I don't want you to go. Oh, I feel deprived. I want to show you something that's going to substitute for that. And so, if um, sugar-wise, stevia is incredible. Now, I will tell you, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It's a little bit different taste. It kind of has a bitterness to it at first. But the more, did you know that your taste buds will change as you do things? As you get, limit sugar out of your life, if you limit sugar out of your life for two weeks, when you eat broccoli, vegetable, any kind of vegetables, fruits, you will never taste them like you have before because your palate is used to this sweet, sweet, sweet taste. And once we get that fruit in, and I mean, I remember the banana I ate for the first time after I had been off sugar. When Mark and then went on The Biggest Loser and I started learning about sugar, I want you to write this name down, Dr. Ludsting. Go on YouTube, and he is an obesity doctor, and he talks about sugar, and it's the most... He does it in the most practical, understanding way of what it does when it goes in your body. You need to watch that. It's L-U-D-S-T-I-G. Um, and I sat and I watched him for days. I just start as I was just learning. Um, and as when I took that, I, t I just totally went off sugar. I went through Christmas. I went through Thanksgiving. I went through my birthday. Um, and I was like, I'm not eating sugar because as I learned stuff. Um, and I can tell you all, after two weeks, I took that first bite of that banana and I was like, wow, this is really good. And I was like, I can't believe this. And then I was eating roasted broccoli and I was like, I can really taste this broccoli. It was amazing to me. And now I don't even crave it. Now I don't even, I can go in and used to, I'd be like, oh, cake, yay, I'm going to a shower because I get cake, you know. And now I'm like, I don't even think about that anymore. It's crazy how when you get it out of your life, right now you're probably sitting here going, there's no way I could ever do that. I was there. But now I'm going, 
it's, I, I can't believe I'm the one standing up here saying that to you, you know, because God has shown me something so incredible. Um, flour, if I'm going to tell you to get rid of white flour, I'm going to tell you get whole wheat flour. If you are gluten-free, get rice flours and corn flours. Yes, but whole, that whole wheat flour has so much fiber in it. It has so many nutrients in it that your body needs. Okay? And when you get that whole wheat in, you're getting um, slow absorption. It's called nutrient-dense food, which has nutrients in it that your body needs. And when your body, did you know that whenever you absorb food into your body, it's not, from your, it's not in your stomach, it's in your intestines. So if my food gets gone, like that simple, simple carbs get gone within my stomach, then I don't have any nutrients to get in because it goes through the lining of my intestines to get to my cells and to get to my body. So that keep, makes it slower absorption so I can get those nutrients in that I need, those vitamins and minerals and things that I need. Okay? Um, and also the next thing is salt. Um, did you know that we only need 2,300 milligrams of salt a day? Do you know how much that is? One teaspoon. One teaspoon. That's it. And half of Americans only need 1,500 milligrams a day because of, their heart, because of heart disease, because there's so much in America. So you have got to limit it. Processed foods have so much salt in them. When we go out to eat, they use so much salt in their food. Okay? Um, my substitute for salt is low salt, L-O salt. It is an awesome salt. You get 60% um, less sodium, and um, I use it for everything when I cook. Okay? Um, I don't put a lot of salt in our food anymore. I just kind of put low salt and let people salt the way they want to um, their food. I get low-sodium beans. I get low-sodium everything. Um, your canned foods, you got to watch your canned foods. Um, you know, for um, when you're looking at labels and you're looking at getting foods, you don't want to, you want to get the thing that's closest to the ground to your mouth. Okay, so fresh produce is the best, then frozen because they take it immediately and freeze it. Um, and then you'll go to your cans, which your cans don't have as much nutrients in it as your fresh produce do. Okay? Um, so you want to make sure that your salt, when you're thinking about all of your salt intake, um, and, and you can even on MyFitnessPal put how much, you, they can tell you how much salt you're putting if you'll go add it onto that. Um, another thing, um, very important, and this has really changed my life, put fiber in your diet, especially in the mornings, okay? Um, did you know we need 35 gram, grams of fiber every day? Men, you need 40 grams of fiber every day. And the older we get, the more we need, okay? What fiber does is it goes in, and it's, it, there's two different types of fiber. There's soluble and insoluble. Um, one of them soaks up everything in there and gets it out. The other one is like a little scratching... Um, kind of like SOS pad goes in there and just scratches everything off your intestines and gets it out so that our nutrients can get in that need to get in. And if I'm not eating enough fiber, then I'm not getting that out that I need to. Okay? Um, I put fiber powder in, even if I gave you like um, Rachel Beller's book, uh, When to Lose, Lose to Win. Is that, um, her book is great, um, but and if you, that's a good, she's got good things in there to learn. Um, if you um, did, if I told you a healthy meal and I gave you, you know, three good things and two snacks to eat during the day, did you know you'd only get about 25 grams of fiber? 
And that's a very healthy meal. So you have to be very intentional about thinking about fiber. One thing I do in the mornings is I put fiber powder in my smoothie. I'm not talking Metamucil that gets thick. I'm talking the one that's been a fiber that's the, you can't even taste it or see it. Um, I can get about a 12 or 11 grams in in the morning in my, uh, with my smoothie with my blueberries and that even gives me more and things like that. Um, but it's getting fiber in in the morning which helps you stay fuller throughout the day which helps your body be able to um, function and be able to get the absorption that it needs. Um, so think of start being intentional about fiber. Start looking at fiber. Also on my fitness pal it can show you how much fiber you're putting in um, your body. Um, you might just eat like a normal meal and eat like a normal day, kind of like I did uh, for two days, and look and see these different things. How, what am I putting in? How much sugar am I? How much fiber am I getting in? Um, and that'll kind of give you a measure of where you need to go. Um, the next one is eliminate all soft drinks. I know that's hard. Um, when Chisholm went on The Biggest Loser, he was drinking only Dr. Pepper and Monster drinks. He would hardly drink water. When, he, when they took pictures of his liver, they started looking at his liver. Dr. H told him, he said, Chisholm, your liver is like you have been drinking alcohol for 20 years. And he was 19 years old. He said, what have you been doing? And Chisholm told him, and he said, you've got to drink water. You've got to get this out of your life. He said, the good thing about it is, is that your liver can rebuild itself. And it, God made it that way. And in eight weeks, Chisholm's liver was better. Okay? But we don't know what those drinks are doing to our body. Um, that sugar is just empty calories we're putting in if you, do, if you drink regular. If you drink diet, all that sodium and all that um, artificial sweetener that you're putting in is awful for your body. So I'm telling you, if you leave from here and never drink another soft drink, you're going to do awesome and you will see great things happen. Water has become my best friend as long as, and, as coffee and tea <laughs> and sweet tea. Um, I tell you, those are uh, the three things that that's all I drink anymore. Um, and so I want you to know that that is a great practical thing you can do that can start making you feel better. Um, another thing is select um, a day to weigh in a week and stick, stick to it. The reason I say that, um, I want you to know that that number on that scale is just a measure of weight. It is not a measure of who you are or your worth. Okay? That is very important to remember because so often how many times have we gotten on the scale and we look at the number and it is depressing and we cry or we walk around depressed the rest of the day. That number on that scale is not who you are. That number on the scale is just a measurement of where we are at that moment of a measure of weight. Now, I'm going to look at that number and go, okay, God, what's the best place for me to be? Help me get there. And he will. He will. But it's not a measurement of who you are. He loves you just the way you are right now. And he will love you if you're skinny, and he will love you if you're fatter. He loves you because you are worthy. Okay? That number is not you. Okay? It's just a measurement. And the reason I say to get on there at least once a week is because it helps me to go, okay, how, what kind of week have I had? Have I had a good week? Well, then I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Have I, do I see that this I'm a few up? Okay, God, then help me this week. So it's just a measurement to me to know where I am and get me back on track. Okay? Some people are so scared of the scale that they haven't weighed themselves in years. Right? 
So it's just a measurement, okay? And maybe that can help a disbelief that you have and take that truth with you um, that you are worthy and he loves you. Um, number eight, go to bed light, wake up. Oh, no. That, that, number eight's communication, isn't it, on the sheet, Mark? Community. Um, number eight's community, and Mark's going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, let's go to number nine. Um, have a cheat meal once, once a week. Do I have great news for you? This helped me so much, I can't tell you, because let me tell you, I love hamburgers. Hamburgers are my favorite thing, okay? The reason we are the way we are, the reason I weigh what I weigh is, yes, there's a lot of things in my life that I have to think about, you know, and Mark's going to talk about, like, your soul fit and, and those kind of things. But also, I just like food. Let's just be real honest. It's good, right? And I like it. And it's hard for me to say, I don't want to eat those things anymore. So one thing that I learned when Mark got back from the show is that every week they would have, when they weighed in, they would have a day that they ate higher calories. And they and so they had this higher calorie day. And I was like, well, why, why would y'all do that? Well, what happens is your body gets used to this pattern of eating calories you're putting in. And then all of a sudden, if I have a higher calorie day or I have a higher calorie meal, my body goes, what are you doing? Okay, I'm going to start working a little harder. And my metabolism starts going a little bit harder. And then the next day, what happens? I go back to eating like I've, those calories. And when I go back to eating those calories, my body's working a little harder. So therefore, I'm going to lose a little bit more weight. Okay? So that made me excited. I was like, okay, God, thank you. I can have my hamburger once a week. Right? Okay? So think about that. Go Now, if you've had a really bad week... You can't have your cheat meal and go, okay, I've done really well, okay? Now, you've got to go, I'm going to do really well because there will be Wednesday. Let's say I I like to do my my cheat meal on Friday night. It's kind of my thing. Um, So if if I'm going real, I get to Wednesday and I'm like, I really want my hamburger. You know, I'm thinking, Friday, I get it, right? So I don't feel as deprived. I have this, this feeling of, you know what? I've done really well. And not that I want to reward myself with food because there's so much more that you see in feeling energized and pants fitting better and being able to get a size lower in my jeans. You know, those kind of things feel good. But I don't want to reward myself with food. Hey, I'm going to do this well and then I'm going to eat cake. You know, that kind of thing. But what it did for me is in my mental mind, it made me go, that's really cool because I can have that hamburger I like because I love food. Okay, um, so that really helped helped me, and maybe that'll be something to help you. Um, number ten, lim- limit eating out. Um, eating out is, and I do a whole thing on eating out and how to eat healthy when you um, eat out. Um, but eating out has so much sodium, you don't know how they cook it. All of those things. So start limiting how much you eat out. We. Well, now that we're here, we're eating out a lot. But um, eating, most of the time when we're at home, uh, we try to eat out one time a week, and that's right after church on Sunday because that's just a, you know, good thing because we're so busy on Sundays, and I know you are too. Um, and so that's just, for us, has been our one time to eat out. Um, but really limit that. Really think about how much you're eating out. Um, there's um, so much more. Um, am I done? Okay. Um, so uh, There's so much more I could share with you. Um, I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest things is um, become a brand. Uh, research for yourself. 
what it is. All I did was just start getting on the internet, and, and now I'm taking a class um, from Vanderbilt University online just about nutrition, just to learn more. Um, and so I just encourage you, if you don't know a lot about what your body needs, um, I didn't either. Um, and so getting that, and, and this class I'm taking was a, I, I spent a little bit of money on it to get a certification, but you know, I mean, it's a free online course for anybody else that wants to take it and just take it. Um, and so there's a lot out there that you can learn. There's a lot of stuff out there. You know, this survey I was telling you about, um, did you know that uh, 55% of the people that they surveyed said that eating healthy was harder than doing their taxes. And you know why? It's because what are we hearing all the time? Eat this, it's good for you. Eat this, it's good for you. Hey, did you hear about this, Barry? Hey, did you hear about this? And we're like, oh, oh, go do Advocare. Oh, go do, you know, whatever this flex thing is. You know, all of these different things out there, and you're getting bombarded with it, and you're like, what is healthy? Okay? But all of these products are trying to sell their product, right? They're trying to get us to get them. So if I'm going to dive into that and not know if it's really healthy for me or not, I'm telling you, fad diets are not healthy. I've done them all my life and gained all my weight back every time or more. Okay? They're not healthy. This is the healthy way to learn how my body works and the food God has provided that gives me the nutrients I need. Um, take this and share it with somebody. The only way this is going to not be an epidemic anymore and the only way we're going to educate people is if we get out there and tell them, this is what I learned. This is what I found out about. Okay? And make sure that it's good, healthy advice that you're giving them. Um, make sure that it's something that you can go, this is important to put in my life so I'm fit to serve him even better than I am right now. Wow. You, you guys see I'm married up, right? Like, big time? Huge. Um, yeah, there's so, I mean, she, she has just been amazing with all of this stuff. And, and um, guys, I would encourage you as well, if you have questions afterwards, come talk to us. I, it seems like whenever we do these kind of things, all the ladies bombard Kathy, okay? I know some stuff. I don't know as much as her. That's why I married her, so that I can just kind of go, what are we having for dinner? Because she's fixing it right, okay? But I do know enough things uh, about it. Yeah, I've just got to let even try anymore, you know. So, um, so, but if you have questions, feel free. Again, at when we're done, please take time. We would love to talk more about uh, about all this stuff. Now, these are kind of the two. The these two parts of it are what you hear all the time. Uh, if you go and ask people, well, what do you need to do to get healthy? Almost everybody's going to say, I need to exercise and I need to eat healthy. You get you get that all the time. But here's the problem with that. That's how you make your body, that's things you can do for your body to be healthy, but the reasons why you've gotten to where health doesn't matter or you, you uh, have allowed yourself to get overweight or whatever all that is, that's not just about your food and your, and your exercise, right? That goes deeper. And so another thing that, that is really important, the next thing we want to talk about is this idea of, of soul, being soul fit. I think so much of what happens with people today when it comes to their, their health has to do with their identity. I think it is so based in we are trying to view ourselves the way the world sees us. 
right? Um, if we really saw ourselves the way that Christ sees us, then our health journey would be more about what can I do to glorify and give back to him and go, thank you for this body because I know you accept me and you love me exactly the way I am. And so I don't have to impress you, right? God is sitting right now looking at each and every one of you and he loves you and accepts you totally, completely, wholly, exactly the way you are. 100%. He's not looking at you going, you know what, you're really awesome and... Five pounds from now, I'm going to love you a whole lot more. Right? I mean, we even laugh at that because we're going, of course he's not like that. And yet that's how we live our lives, isn't it? Because mentally we're not really thinking that we're going, I just know if I want people to like me. I want people to, 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 to uh, see me as worthy. I want to be, feel like I'm significant. I want to feel like I'm strong and in charge. And, and all of these things are based on what other people think of us, not what God thinks of us. Right? We have got to be at a place, especially as ministers, and I think especially as ministers to youth, we have got to really be in a place where we can go and do anything God wants us to do. We should always be ready for a yes whenever, whenever God brings something our way. And because sometimes we're so worried about what other people's opinions are or how that works and our identity isn't based in Him, is that we're not always ready for that. I can tell you that was totally the case for me. 100%. Right? 